I mean, in terms of a baptism of fire, I mean, you left professional playing and went straight into uh, into head coach of England, pretty much. You know, into, and you know, at the time, England was a you know a sleeping giant in terms of the you know the, the sevens backdrop and had so much potential, but hadn't really had anyone relish it and utilize it. How much of a daunting step was that going into being head coach of England, and what was the kind of strategy or plan that you that you put in place yeah I mean it's interesting just like the story is a little bit like this Ollie to be fair is that in 2001 2000 my last year of um, Wasps I was playing my last year of the contract with Wasps and they had allowed me to go back into surveying so I was on a on a, a flexi time with Wasps in yeah. order to do both and that was the year that um, I had stepped away from playing for England Sevens because I was like, I'm done with this after an experience in 2001 at the World Cup where we were totally, totally mismanaged um, with a very talented squad. But then there was an opportunity to get involved with England Sevens um, and, and, I, and, I, and I threw my hat in the ring. Um, but they gave it to Joe Lydon, if you remember, 2001 yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. That's where it began, um, and, then, and then you nurtured yeah. it from that on, beyond there. But, yeah. but what happened there was is that Joe obviously was very new to rugby union, and my skill set was the technical part of the game. So I, my, my, what I'm saying is there was a gradual introduction to yeah, the coaching yeah, yeah. alongside, because had, England had to go to DTZ and get them to say, he's not coming back this year, he's coming back later. Okay. And DTZ agreed and supported me, which was which was amazing. But um, so I, my responsibilities in the at the start were very uh, tight, should yeah. I say? Not that yeah. I didn't have to worry about the autonomy of everything because I still had so much to learn there. My area of expertise and focus was managing the players on the pitch to technically be better and tactically to be more proficient, which meant that I didn't have to get involved in the politics, the relationships at the, at the higher level, be it um, at the boardroom level and at the di- director of rugby level, I could concentrate on building those relationships, developing and improving and making a more cohesive team on the, on the rugby pitch because that was how my relationship worked with Joe Lydon at that yeah. time. And, you know, it, again, it's understanding what, what I worked, worked out very quickly is I understood how you fitted into the picture and how you could contribute the best you can contribute um, whilst ensuring that you give those around you the opportunity to do their job. So Joe could operate how he wanted. I, I delivered what he, he needed. But more importantly, the players had that platform and that consistency and support to allow them to try and get better and improve. And especially when you're managing the clubs, which Joe did at, uh, at a stakeholder level, I would manage the players at that level so they felt at ease and they knew what was expected of them. So that's how that grew in those first couple of years. And then I was developing away from the rugby pitch my business skills in managing teams and being a part of a team in a different type of environment of business, which allowed me to develop that second part of the, of the skill set, which is managing the stakeholders and understanding how the commercial part fits into the rugby part. Thank <laughs> you.